0: Loftus Party podcast. I was asked this morning. I was asked this morning what what the Loftus Party was. Was it a political party? Was it a party? I said it was both. It's a party party and a political party. And uh, I was asked by a it's this people by who a,
1: like party.
0: Yeah, I was asked by a, a Fox News personality. So yeah. so what's your what's your stance? What's your uh what do you what? I'm like we want smaller government. We want less taxes. We want more fun. They signed on board. I signed All right. on. Right. I signed did up we get, too. Who did we get? We got, we got Pete Hegseth.
1: Nice. And we got
0: we got Dean Kane. We, right. we got we Superman. got Superman on our side. Television Superman. Yeah, they were because uh-huh. they were uh, Dean Kane was filling in on the on the Fox and the Friends weekend, and there he he wanted to make sure he got the intro right because he's a good dude. He's a good dude. And so, uh, yeah,
1: another one of those people that your public impression of them is actually genuine.
0: Absolutely. I like those people. It's weird. And knock on wood. I've, I've yet to meet the jerk. I've yet to meet the Fox jerk. So, uh, I'm digging it. Everybody's super nice. Okay. There's so much to cover. You guys, there's, uh, here's some of the stuff. In in this week's show, you can look forward to. You know, we got to talk about the Ricky Gervais of it all. You know, we got to talk about uh, uh, what's going on with Iran and Iraq. Uh, and we there's FBI stuff. There's uh, Gwyneth Paltrow stuff. There's there's Meg said stuff. It's there's it's so much. It's so much. I want to start with this because I I kind of want to get it off the uh, off the plate, right? uh is, is the whole neil pert of it all i know that was neil so pert yeah I, I didn't even know he was sick so it is listen i'll I'll tell you guys this right now i wasn't a big rush fan if you're a if you're a huge rush fan you might be bummed out with like the opening 10 minutes of the show but uh <laughs> I can totally respect what the guy did. I mean, his drum kit was insane. He was the lyricist and wrote most of the songs. And it's it's Rush's iconic, and you know you you know exactly what you're listening to when a Rush song comes on. And Neil Pert was an insane uh, technician. Uh, talent.
1: I, I mean, it was it was the. I went to their concert.
0: You went to a Rush concert.
1: Um, I went to a Rush concert um, back in the day,
0: and uh,
1: (laughs) it is the only drum solo that I have ever been
0: gobsmacked by. Oh, it's insane! I've been. He's got this thing all
1: around him, and he's rotating 360 degrees. Yes. And doing percussion, I'm just like, I I was just, I was mesmerized watching him.
0: It's uh there's a, a there's a bunch of overhead shots of his mm-hmm. drum kit and it's like he's sitting in the middle of a giant octagon and there's there's gongs and there's chimes and there's uh half taken apart harpsichords and dulcimers there there's I know from known to and man I mean, every symbol ever invented he plays them all he plays
1: them all watching it live was like whoa.
0: Oh and, yeah uh, I, 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 I have never have
1: enjoyed it. a drum solo until then.
0: Uh, well, he, here's the thing with drummers and I, I, I learned this recent not recently. It, it's the live part of it. It's the li- anybody can you can you can fix a guitar if you if you're doing a live album and you know oh, I kind of messed up the guitar solo, you can kind of take that out and and go back and redo it. you can fix it in post. But mm-hmm. if the drums are off, the drums are off. So uh, Neil pert, he did a great job. just rush just just wasn't my jam. And like I had to put something on the website, you know, just to recognize I mean the guy's a he's a, he's a he's a giant in, in the in the rock and roll world. And and even though I wasn't a, a huge fan of the music, like when they finally got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm like, yes, thank you. That you you have to recognize. It's just it's too big to not recognize. Uh, but like, man, I, I can go a long time before I hear Tom Sawyer again. I can go a long time. Today's Tom Sawyer, I just and all, now it's it's gonna be in my head. It'll be in my head for the rest of the show. He gets high on. You. I was
1: actually I was actually a. a
0: fan you were a big Rush fan
1: not big but I mean just because of who they were I went I mean they're iconic within the within the genre and so they were coming in concert so I went to see them um and they were fantastic in person I I mean I I like their music um it's not something that it's not like my favorite but I like just fine. It doesn't bug oh. me when they come on the radio.
0: I hated to be like when people would talk about Rush and you were like, Yeah, I'm not into it, they would look at you like you were a moron. They would look at you like you were an uncouth hillbilly, because like Rush fans always thought they were so smart. Because man, the words I'm sorry that were so- <laughs>
1: Well no, <laughs> I, I, I actually what I like what I liked best about them was actually the lyrics. They were really well done.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was Neil Pert. That was Neil mm-hmm. Pert.
1: I like everything the about the Neil
0: Pert. Apparently, I almost, I almost posted a video uh closer to the heart, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I went to YouTube to grab it, and I started listening to it. I'm like, nope, nope, can't do that one. Can't do that one either. I have to give I that. Actually, one a my break. favorite
1: one is actually Limelight.
0: Okay. You should have like put, right. put that on the website. You should have put that on the website. So uh, Neil Pert is gone. He will be missed. He's And it's always like, there's like that brotherhood of musicians, you know, like Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters was like, what a good dude. We all learned from him. He was amazing. Gene Simmons from Kiss. Like everybody's, everybody's cool with it. So they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, um, amazing, amazing drummer. And I used to be like, I should let you guys know, like a many, many moons ago, i was I was in a band. That was the original plan. That was the original plan uh, was to be in a band, uh, yada, yada. And then things were going great, but that's that's a story for another day. the The other thing that we can't overlook in all this is like what a great drummer Charlie Watts is, like Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones. And he and uh, Ringo Starr, and I used to like. I used to think that's crazy. Like, I give me give me John Bonham from Zeppelin. You know, just blah, 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 just all over the place and playing with such emotion. And it's a little bit sloppier. Give me Keith Moon from the Who, who's like playing with like all emotion, just an animal all over the. I love 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 that stuff. And I used to kind of look down my nose at uh, Charlie Watts. And, and Ringo Starr. And people would go, oh, those guys, they're in, they're in the top three. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'll take Neil Peart. But however, there is that, there's a, I kind of dig the whole less is more. They just, they're just keeping that steady beat. And it's just like, they don't have to brag. They don't have to hit a, a million and one different drums. They're just back there, just, just. Throwing in little spices, and it's—I yeah, think it's pretty sweet. So it's—it's it's crazy. Uh, but nothing gets Neil Pert. I want to let the Neil Pert thing go. I think I'm just making enemies now. I think there's people in their cars going, "I love Rush. You dumb blah blah blah." Well, maybe. Maybe. And, maybe. And for them, I apologize. For, for them, I—I I apologize. I hope I didn't offend anyone. I don't mean to be a rock and roll. Well, but I star. won
1: them back because. To- because I am
0: a, a moderate fan. Of course. Uh, of course. And here's the sad part. Here's the, yeah. This is the sad part about, like, The Who was never the same after Keith Moon died. That was it. I mean, the, those guys still tour and they, they do shows, but it's just not the same. If you've never, y- you haven't lived, go watch some live videos uh, of, of The Who back in the day when Keith Moon was so alive. Go watch John Bonham. These guys were just off uh, off the, the the chart, but it'll it, it'll they'll never be. The sad part is, you'll never have another. I mean, someone could probably do it. Now that I'm saying it, I'm like, that's ridiculous. You probably could, but you'd always. I mean, Neil Pert is such a big part of that band. I don't even yep. know if those guys could do a. That might. I mean, be they it.
1: haven't done anything new or done really any touring in a while, so
0: I don't they were, think they will. They were laying low. That's a there was a lot of tragedy, and I don't want to bring everybody down. I don't want to bring everybody down. But like Neil Pert, there was a there's been a lot of uh, rush tragedy. Maybe they'll maybe they'll get together and put on a show. Now we're gonna put on our happy face. Now we're gonna now put we're gonna,
1: on our happy face and talk about what?
0: Uh, Ricky Gervais.
1: God, I loved that. I loved that. I still didn't watch the Golden Globes, but I watched the tape of that monologue probably fifteen times and laughed myself sick every single time.
0: It was. I was on. I was on the Fox and the Friends this morning, uh, talking about it, discussing it a little bit, and it was. It was fantastic, and it was just some of the stuff that I didn't get to was like the look on Tom Hanks' face was worth it all. Just just to have because the left is always like, oh, we're just speaking truth to power. We love it when somebody speaks truth to power and then gets, Right. He gets up there and speaks truth to power and power was in the frickin room like he was railing. Yup. Did you yeah. see who's
1: been announced to do it next year? Of course.
0: I'm not done with this part. I'm not. Oh, ready to okay. Move on. Well, apparently, I'm the Golden Game The, foreign, the foreign Hollywood Why, are you, press is talking? Very Why sorry. are you talking? I'm sorry. I said I wasn't done talking about that. And then you're like moving on. You're like on your lawnmower, just cutting a whole new swatch of grass.
1: You no, know, did you see the last award he gave out? Did you see that cut?
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Where he's
1: like bird, bird in a box or something bird box bird box and it's about going through your life with your eyes closed so you don't see something horrific and it's kind of like working for harvey weinstein oh my god i almost died laughing
0: that was a fantastic joke that was a fantastic joke and i think that was his last one that was like the last award of. it was the
1: last award but my favorite part of what he did with both the epstein booze and the weinstein booze was hey guys that was you that wasn't me that wasn't me that was you I know he's your friend.
0: Yeah, that put was it the, right that was back the, on him. That was, was the like, wonderful yes. part about all of it. Like, yep. and that's literally that's what speaking truth to power is. Talking mm-hmm. about Apple and their streaming service and having yep. sweatshops over in China with Tim Cook in the room with yep. Tim Cook. <laughs> that's yep.
1: this, Guess Tim whose does. iPhone didn't work the next day? Just saying. Oh, my God.
0: It was wonderful. And that, that,
1: um, that, uh, the Judy Dench joke?
0: Well, yeah, that was just to even it out. That was just to even it out. Oh, no,
1: I know it was just to even it out, but I I I still, I he, he like, gets, he starts setting it up. He's like, I can't do this joke. Oh, never mind. It's the last time. And he just, like, plows right into it.
0: Well, that was, there was a, there was a nice, like, odd, even, odd, even. That's, that's Mm -hmm. the... That's the craftsmanship of having, you know, a successful stand-up career. It's like, okay, I'm going to take a nice little medium-sized shot at uh, Leonardo DiCaprio for dating young girls, you know, and then I'm going to come back and take a, a hardcore shot <laughs> at, at at pedophiles. Right, And then I'm going to rein it back in by making a short joke about Martin Scorsese. And then I'm going to come back over the top. There was a nice balance to that. There was a nice yeah. balance to well, that. Well, did you
1: – in the one on Leo DiCaprio, did you see the double hit?
0: No. Did
1: you catch it? He's like, dude, even Prince Andrews. Like, son, you're almost Oh, hit. yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. He, tagged, he tagged it with the Prince – and yeah, DiCaprio was, uh, had a great reaction. And even Scorsese had a great reaction. It was uh, it, it was good. It was good. It was good. And, uh, once again, there's all this stuff, all these jokes that I didn't get to do on uh, Fox and Friends, and evidently you don't want me to do them either.
1: Uh, I'm sorry.
0: No, it's just like every time I go into a bit, you just start steamrolling. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I guess I won't do that bit. Uh NBC had to have known, like NBC. This is what this is the 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 beacon of hope on the horizon. NBC must know. Yikes, we're not servicing this audience. We're not. They they had to okay all of that stuff. They had to okay. Oh my goodness, yeah. That's a big. I didn't
1: know they actually had to okay it.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a a relatively good sized award show. That's a that's a that's a great time slot, you know, Sunday night, prime time. Yeah, NBC, they had their people, and obviously they had their finger on the on the delay button because they knew there was going to be some curse, you know, some curse words. They had to be ready for that. But man, all and someone at NBC, this is the this is the good part, was like, yeah, go ahead. You know, I guess we can't stop them. Because then you know, they're kind of boxed into a corner, I guess, before I build up NBC to be these heroes. then Ricky Gervais is like they wouldn't let me do any of these jokes. they you know, then he can really, really uh, talk about the censorship. Mm-hmm. So it was it, it, well, it was some, fine.
1: Some people proposed that NBC let him roll because they weren't nominated for anything.
0: Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's too funny. Like everybody years ago, was would complain, you know, when you're running on a network show and then you look at who's winning all the awards, and it was all it was all HBO, it was all HBO and like, oh how, how can you compete? they can they can show boobs and they can cuss and they can Hi. have sex we can't compete with that. And now everybody's like, oh, it's Netflix, it's Netflix, we can't compete with that. however, the the business model is, is the thing that has changed. that's mm-hmm. that's what it is. Once upon a time, with uh, with HBO, you didn't have a lot of television executives over there. You just had people – pretty much HBO was just writing checks. They wanted content. They wanted good content. They go, here's a bunch of money. Go make us a good show. We like that idea. Bring it back when you're done. And then – as you become more successful, more executives get involved. And then executives are going to chime in, oh, we think this, and our experience shows us that, and that becomes like the new business model. Success breeds that. Well, and right now... Didn't,
1: it didn't, wasn't their first one like the Larry David thing? Or was that Showtime?
0: No, that was HBO.
1: Yeah, I mean, that thing knocked it out of the park. Urban oh, and, and,
0: and... Oh, yeah, and The Sopranos before that. You can go back and back and back. You know, and then... Game of Thrones. Ultimately, I think Game of Thrones was undone. Whatever. That's a whole separate discussion about the guys who wrote that and all that stuff. But that's what I was, that, that's what Netflix is doing now. Netflix is doing what HBO uh, used to do. Netflix is like, oh, we like that idea. Here's a bunch of money. Go, you know, bring us I'm back sure. a television show. Yeah. yeah. And that's what happens when you have and it's oddly enough, bring it back to like Ricky Gervais Uh, that's how he burst upon the scene with The Office. He and Mm -hmm. Stephen Merchant just, they had one little episode of The Office. It was a short film. The BBC, I think Channel 4, or maybe, I don't know. uh, They liked it, and they go, hey, can you do 12 of these? Absolutely, yes, we can. Here's a big fat check. Come back with the episodes, and then we'll air them. So there's no, the problem with, I think, American television, and and right now we're in the golden age of TV. It's all there's just insane amounts of wonderful stuff. You get uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, too many too many Indians, uh, too many chiefs. Not enough Indians, as they say. But it was wonderful. Uh, I, I really and, and Tom Hanks' face, Tom Hanks' face was just, and I think he was making that face out of sympathy because <laughs> he's. He was just thinking, I
1: think he's a nice guy.
0: Oh yeah, I think he just thought uh, Ricky Gervais was just gonna eat it, and he couldn't believe it, and he it was just it was, it was great. It was like watching some. It's like Tom Hanks was watching someone get naked at a funeral. Yeah, like why why are you take it off? Put your clothes back on. It was uh, it was great. Well, I will so, be
1: streaming Afterlife though.
0: I don't know if you will. I mean, you can give it a shot. You can give no, it. No, I will. It, there have you seen extras Mm-mm. that to me is better than the office and it he hits the dismount on that so good if you guys have never seen it, it like the office is good but it's like what 18 episodes it's really short but that's Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant and i uh, i don't want to uh i don't want to leave Stephen Merchant out of the equation because that, that, that's that—that's the team that brought you uh, the Office, and they also did this show including called. Including
1: the American version.
0: Oh well, I think they get a producer credit. I know Gervais oh, okay. did, and then there's there's versions of that show on every continent. Those guys are making so much money off of not only syndicating the show, but there's a Brazilian office, there's an Australian office, but uh, Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais did the show for HBO uh, called Extras. Uh, and Ricky Gervais is this guy who's always an extra in movies and TV shows and he has to deal with all these just completely moron self-absorbed Hollywood movie stars, but that's what he desperately wants. He desperately wants to be famous and have his own sitcom Uh, and it's a great, it's hilariously funny and it's a great commentary on people who are chasing fame and what does it mean to be famous at one point, this is one of the there's, there's just so many icon, iconic, phenomenal moments. But once again, that's Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. I'm not... The other stuff that Gervais has done since hasn't really knocked it out of the park for me. I, I'm a Stand-up's big fan better. of dark
1: humor, though.
0: Well, like, really is, dark yes, humor. Right?
1: <laughs> like, like, Fargo. Oh, brother, where art thou? Like, those things crack me up.
0: Fargo was hilarious. Fargo had some wonderful moments so well listen you watch that you watch afterlife and let me know is this the one where he's like this the uh the, the special needs kid in the old folks home
1: no 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 this is the one where his wife passes away from cancer and he's trying to figure out how to move on
0: mm. all right well i yeah, maybe that one will be better. There was one that he did where he was like a special needs adult living in an old folks home. And mm-hmm. I saw the trailer for that and it was, that was rough. That was rough. Remember? <laughs> what was the movie where like never go full retard? What was the, what, what movie was that where they warned the person and Ricky Gervais did it. He went, he, he went for it. And it was well, supposed to be sweet and melancholy and yet funny all at the same time it uh it missed the mark that was a miss
1: <laughs> well everybody's <laughs> entitled to a miss when you have a lot of big hits so we'll see
0: yeah and, and yeah. that's the great thing his his stand-up tour was so successful he's got the kind of money where he doesn't really need he could self-fund anything that he wants to do so that's great he can take those kind of shots at people uh and it's wonderful be
1: fine and we need more people with that kind of money to take the same kind of shots.
0: Yes. I'm going to yes. post it later on today. Like after we get done recording this, I'm going to go post it to theloftestparty.com. Uh, Dave Chappelle is another one of those guys with that yeah. kind of money and that kind of success. He just – and I I missed it. Uh, I, I caught it last night on on YouTube, so I'll post it to theloftestparty.com. His – except he he gives like a, a little speech at the end. He just got the Mark Twain uh, prize.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, in D.C., and there was a whole show, and I missed the whole thing, and it looks like it was really, really great, but his speech at the end was really touching and fantastic and wonderful, but but halfway through it, he's he's in, I think they do that at, like, the Ford Theater or something crazy Mm -hmm. in D.C. Chappelle lights a cigarette, starts smoking it on stage. It's just the best! It's the best! (laughs) And he's like... Yeah. You think they're going to make me stop smoking? No, I don't think so. (laughs) We're going to take away my prize. It was great. It was great. He talks about starting stand up at a very young age and his mom taking him to the clubs. And it's uh, and what stand up means to him and watching people do a show. He tells a little and I want to know who it is. I want to know who it is. But he, he does a little thing about like, you know, I'll watch a guy on, a, on stage and I'm like, I know that guy's racist. I know he's racist, but that's funny as hell what he's saying. And then, you know, then you go back up to the bar and you have a beer with him and you talk to him and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Because it's about, you know, respecting other people's right to say what they want to say. So it's great. It's wonderful. And uh, I think Chappelle would be a fantastic host of the Oscars. He really would. Oh yeah, they're it gonna, won't
1: happen though.
0: No, they're going without a host again this year. Huge. Saw mistake.
1: that, and the Golden Globes have replaced Ricky Gervais with um, Tina Fey and uh, Polar again. Amy Polar. Yes.
0: Yes. And I w- very I w- safe
1: choices. Very safe.
0: Yeah. Now, Tina Fey and Amy Polar are very funny, and I have to imagine they'll take a couple of shots. I'll take a couple of shots at some people. It'll be but soft it'll be, shot. It, it will. It will. Yeah. Because but that's but that's their jam. Uh, I, would I love mean, it'll be, be
1: more like the short Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Kind of shot.
0: And, yeah. And then I'm thinking, do you take another shot at Harvey Weinstein? Because I'm like done with that. I'm done yeah. with that. It's such it's such an easy target. The guy's he's gonna get locked up. It's the whole thing. It's like you're not brave in my opinion in my opinion you're not you're not brave by taking shots at Harvey Weinstein. It's like, you know, throwing rocks at the old lion in once he's already locked up in the cage.
1: Yeah, but so, I did find a very public shot at all of the people who worked with him and just never said a word to be quite satisfying.
0: That that's what I loved about that bit. He's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, yeah, it's on you, was guys. you guys. Yeah, that was you guys, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, I, I doubt. I'd love to see what the Golden Globes did in terms of numbers. I know that video has been watched a bunch, and then who knows? Uh, maybe Amy Poehler and uh, Tina Fey will surprise us all. We're gonna keep it in the in the celebrity circle of things. With uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow, she's a. Oh. Uh, well, I, I feel like these are like we just got to tick them off, you know. It's like if you don't talk about it, you're an idiot. Uh, but Gwyneth, and it's genius, really. It's 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 very smart. Uh, the, the, that she she's got a candle that they're selling on. I guess they're sold out. A candle that supposedly smells like her uh, vagina, and then of course you have to read the article because you're like you're like how do you how do you know. <laughs> And like, right? so I guess I guess they were smelling. They were putting together all these new scents for candles. And oh, I'll smell this one. And oh, that one smells like you know lavender. And then they get to another one, and she <laughs> and she just said that smells like my vagina. And they go, oh well, let's sell it that way then. <laughs> okay, let's. And and th- th- there's just so many. Uh, uh like I, I have. Th- there's there's I, I want to buy one. I really do. But they're seventy five bucks and they're sold out but like is it there's there's so many specific questions it does it now does it smell like your vagina like fresh out of the shower does it smell like your vagina after after hot yoga like at what point and is is this what your vagina smells like when it's on fire like i don't i, I have a lot of very specific questions and then there's a lot of very easy jokes. Yes, I'll, yeah. Yes, the, the first one that comes to mind is, like, does it come with a smaller candle that's, like, right next to it that smells, <laughs> smells like her butthole? Come on! That's hilarious. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, uh, She's
1: just obsessed with that particular part of her anatomy, and I just don't get it. Like, she's the one that's, that's doing all these weird things internally and whatever else. And I'm just like, lady, get your head out of your own hoo-hoo. This is just gross.
0: I think if you were to run into Gwyneth at a uh, cocktail party, she would say that it's like, uh, it's empowering. It's empowerment. It's my, you know, blah, 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 blah. But uh, Goop, when when that tweet first started coming out, like, hey, Gwyneth Paltrow sling selling a candle. It smells like her vagina just man what is it called ratioing like th- the replies on it were just like and, and there's they have a tv show now goop on on netflix about how they you know their their methodology for putting things on the market and uh it looks like there's not it i, I wonder how that website's doing because it seems like there's a lot of like uh bad blood out there like people are, aren't 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 digging it you know because there's a lot of like Uh, you know, like aura stuff and acupuncture stuff and, you know, envisioning the positive energy, real, you know, like uh, crystals and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Well, it
1: definitely has a market. It's just not the general population.
0: Well, to make it, when you would read these uh, responses uh, to the article, it it sounds like they're dancing right on the edge of like someone's going to get hurt. Like someone's going to get someone's going to go, oh, I have, uh, you know, a problem with my pancreas. But I read this article in Goop how if you take a glass of uh, salt water and pour it over your head while humming the Battle Hymn of the Republic with uh, a cup of coffee between your butt cheeks, you'll heal. It's it's like that level stuff.
1: Yeah, no, she's definitely on the on the edge with some of the recommendations she's made of, of literally making somebody sick or someone suffering irreversible damage. So yeah, I I don't go on the goop. I'll be honest, but some of the things that have been written up about things she has said publicly or recommended publicly are just so wackadoo that I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is like, this shouldn't be out there.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, it's always, it's, it's wonderful to have it. As a site, because you always have, you know, the it, it's great for comedy. You know, it's like who else is selling a, ca- a candle that you know smells yeah. like their vajayjay, and and who else is like? And then a, a few weeks before that, it was the coffee enema, you know, which I don't know Not what that was. Not a good idea.
1: Not a good idea.
0: Oh, it, but it was, you know, my buddy, uh, J, my buddy Kenny Walker, God rest his soul. We started comedy on the same night. And this is back in, like, 1989, I want to say. He It was one of his first jokes. He's like, uh, <clears throat> uh, I forgot how he got into it, but it's like, hey, the, you know, uh, I did a coffee enema. I did a coffee enema. That wasn't any good. Talk about keeping your ass up all night. Ba-boom-boom. And I thought that I was jealous of him because he wrote that great joke. But when when Goop came out with the coffee enema thing, I was able to recycle it and honor his memory. There you go. Yeah, you have to be careful with that stuff. Seriously, like don't don't uh, don't put coffee in your uh, uh, up your butt, you guys. There you'll it will keep your ass up all night. It's the same thing with butt chugging. It won't go. It won't go. We did. We did all- we did a whole—there's, like, kids on college campuses, and p- people have died this way. They put booze uh, up there, and there's no—it it doesn't get—it doesn't go through your liver. It gets absorbed through the, the tissue. Yeah, that's a really bad idea. It's a, I, it's a horrible idea. So there you go. Now, now I want that NBC shooting star thing to go by. The more you know. Hi, no. I'm Michael. We had a lot of fun on today's show, but we all did learn something about goop and— uh, Coffee enemas. Okay, so that's that's the Gwyneth Paltrow uh, vagina candle portion of the show. You can you can uh, be we we're gonna let that one go, and uh and whatever. There's a, a bunch of jokes that we didn't do, and that makes me proud. It makes me proud that we didn't go to the low hanging fruit and the easy stuff. Hun- oh, so now we got to get into uh, Iran and Iraq and all of this stuff, and I guess a very a very very disappointing World War Three. Uh, very short. Well, this is right? the it's second time we lived through it. <clears throat> he, he he's I, this is what our this is our second or our third World War Three. Well, Probably our Reagan second.
1: Reagan was Reagan was going to start World War Three when he was elected, and then they made the movie about it the day after, and it never happened. And now Trump right? was going to start World War Three, and he didn't. So now we are we have survived World War Three twice, and I want the t-shirt.
0: I think I think we've done three World War Threes. I would I would start it. I think Trump has done two World War Threes. I think he didn't he do one with uh, North Korea. Wasn't that another big fear when. Uh, oh, it when... was a
1: big fear, but nothing he actually did in office had people screeching about it.
0: OK, I they think were we were
1: afraid that he would screw up so bad that that would happen.
0: I think for the T-shirt, we want three World War Threes. Okay. I think you think I think I survived World War Three three times. Three times. Reagan's world war three and two of Trump's world war threes it's it's fantastic uh what has happened and how it's turned and and all the you know the the, the Suleimani of it all and then those the poor people on that on that aircraft and that is that's it's the best point I've seen on on Twitter uh and social media is that like uh I, I Iran can't do anything right, you know It's like I think obviously they in my opinion they were they were purposefully missing uh, the, the, the 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 camp you know where there's the soldiers- a lot
1: of stories out there about that, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be prudent for the administration to to back that theory up.
0: Right, right. You have to make it sound like, oh, boy, tough, tough luck for you guys. You really gave it a shot. You
1: tried. You gave it the college try.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But for them to let a plane go and then not have the wherewithal to know, okay, that's a commercial airline flight. That's not a U.S. jet attacking us. For them to shoot that thing out of the sky like that shows me, like, wow, they, they really... They don't have a, a a good command and control. There's there's a they there's don't. not a lot of there there, and and that is a country. You if you didn't want them to have nukes before, you I, really don't want them to have nukes now. Well, a flock of birds, it,
1: fire. There's two things about the airliner. Number one, if you know you are going to be tossing missiles into the air, yeah, <laughs> don't you ground all commercial flights. Wouldn't that be like job one for somebody? Okay, that's the first thing. And the second thing is people were posting an old article um, where Iran was bragging about the fact that their their soldiers, like their their grunts, can fire at will. So if you're manning one of these, you know, mobile aircraft, you know, want you know land air yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And you think that should be shot, you just push the button. You don't need anybody's approval to do it.
0: You just pull the trigger. Well, yeah, that's, that's another
1: uh, reason, another really good argument against nuclear weapons.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you if you didn't want them to have them before, you're really on board now.
1: Yeah, and, and I have a proposal. Okay. I would like to propose that we exchange all the protesters in Iran who are absolutely... Furious at the government for lying about shooting down the airplane, for all the Democrats running cover for the regime and trying to blame that on Trump, if we could just exchange those two groups, and I think Pete Buttigieg should go first, okay, Um, I think we'd all be better off. You know, they can be with these wonderful mullahs that they just think are so wonderful, and we can have people that actually want truth and freedom. Does that sound good? It,
0: it really does. It really yeah. does. And and I am and, so and it's
1: disgusted with
0: the media. It it is. And and I haven't watched uh a, a lot of television today. However, uh in the green room over at Fox, they had a a, a woman of uh Iranian descent uh, and she was going to be speaking about Trump did that tweet in Farsi, which is also already like the most popular tweet in the history of Middle Eastern Twitter. Uh, you know yep. that we stand with the people of of Iran, and we want you to you know thrive, and we support you. <clears throat> and these people are out there protesting and taking you know, their
1: lives. I mean, putting their lives at risk.
0: And that is insanely brave. Insanely you- brave after like. After over a thousand Hillary. people just got killed, yeah. like well, and literally. Then you have,
1: then you have Maggie, Maggie Haberman of the New York Slimes when Trump tweets out his support for Iran, the Iranians, and says, "You know, let your reporters report and this sort of thing." And she says, "This from the president who calls us enemy of the people." I'm like, "You know what, lady? You know what? I didn't believe that until this past week when you are actively siding with our enemies who have been our enemies and wanted death to america since i was eight (laughs) it
0: it, it's it's mind-boggling how they can't like just get on board for one thing for One one thing it all has to be somehow twisted into some kind of anti-Trump like them you know if Trump hadn't have killed Soleimani the people on that plane would be alive right now no. so they were caught up in the crossfire of a situation they were just in over their head no what fools.
1: crossfire the Iranians <laughs> yeah. were the only ones shooting
0: it's uh it's sad and uh, and there was uh, uh a on Fox because he's he's talking to this uh young lady and and this is what I like, one of the things that I like about uh, Pete, is he's asking the question that, that I wanted to ask. Like, what can I do? Like, beyond retweeting, and that's, and I guess that's really it. But then, you know, you, you play the mental chess game. So, okay, so the Iranian people are out there, and and they're protesting, and it's fantastic. And then I'm retweeting to the people who follow the Loftus Party on Twitter. Hey, look at these brave souls and what they're doing. But, like... I'm I'm thinking to myself, like, how long till Iran turns off the internet? How long I think they already have. See, and and that's when you need that's when you need boots on the ground. That's when you need like reporters, you know, smuggling out, you know, thumb drives with footage of atrocities and footage of brave people doing brave things and, and hopefully somebody still has that. I mean yeah, I think no,
1: that's actually happening. If you follow um Dorman animated Mike Dorman. He's receiving a lot of it. Um, yeah. There's another I forget the guy's name. There's another reporter on there, and Yashar, um, who is a journal, journalist, Y A S H A R. He actually has family there, so he's he's uh, he's being pretty pretty upfront about it too. Um, but you know the Sunday shows this morning. Nancy had an Ilhan Omar moment. What Which did she, she do? What did she do? Well, some people are protesting about something. She, <laughs> like, totally tried to discount what is going on and why they're upset, etc., etc. as if we all can't see the truth and pass along the truth <coughs> through social media. It's like they are so desperate to control this narrative because I know exactly what they're afraid of. They are yeah. so afraid. That the Iranians will overthrow Khomeini while Trump is president, they are absolutely crapping their pants.
0: So if you because are, because that
1: kills Obama's legacy.
0: Oh, his legacy is gone. He's oh, gone. There, it, it was new last
1: week. It was glorious.
0: Yeah, it was. It's. It's. Yeah, there's. There's. There's nothing there. Well, we'll get to the FISA thing here in a little bit. But like, if you are. Uh, it's it, and seriously, cause this is where, the, how I was trying to think about it. So if I'm, if I'm an Iranian and I'm in there and I'm like, you know what? I think now's the time. I think now's the time a few years ago. It looked like there was a window of an opportunity to, to, you know, free my people and free the country. And I can be part of this big movement, <clears throat> but Obama didn't help out. He, you know, he didn't back him up but like, uh Oh, okay. So now, uh, so now Trump's the guy. Like I, you totally like you're already uh, Iraq is like mondo influential, you know. I mean, Suleimani was running in and out of the airport, you know, uh, he, running out of Baghdad. Aren't Aren't you worried about like how do you? Set up your own. Gu- First of all, you got to you got to get rid of the Ayatollah. You got you to get rid of those guys. They all have guns. And then what happens next? How do you protect yourself in a very, very violent part of the world? Because if you know, if you're you're in Iran and I'm like, OK, so now you got rid of the Ayatollah. Then you're like, whoo, I'm worn out. That's if, if I'm Iraq. That's when I come in. That's when I come in. You've already you've already I- shot. Your now I'm going to come in and it's it, now I'm taking over.
1: Well, I actually think it, it, <laughs> the chess pieces fall different than that. they are still um, legitimate heirs to the Shah, and Iraq is a country that really probably looks to a religious type leader. But the Shah was very Western friendly; he had a very open society. Um, I think they put in they reinstall the Shah.
0: I don't That's think you my... can go. I don't think you can go with the Shah. I think you have to have. Uh, like an election i think i think you have whoever so it you'd have to be like okay whoever you know got the people to rise up and is the face of the revolution that person like automatically gets to help out with the constitution and all that stuff but i i don't think you can go back to the shah i don't because then then i talk talk about the, the the muslims would really they'd be even you know more upset and i can't remember i guess somebody was in there in 53 somebody was in there uh for a kajillion years and then the brits uh got together and like okay we're gonna take you out then they put the shaw in power in 53 and then i think you got to go election it's just it's just very dicey it's very dicey you
1: have you have an entire majority a majority population that doesn't recognize elections as a viable thing so
0: yeah it's uh it is dicey. I wish I wish them all the best of luck. Just like Hong Kong. <clears throat> and that, that's it's a great ad for the uh, it's a great ad for the Second Amendment. That's why you got a Second Amendment, people. That's why we all have guns. So we can get rid of tyrants. Da 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 That was it's the basic idea. <clears throat> yeah, that was the basic idea protect yourself against the tyrants and just so everyone else knows uh the founding fathers they had looked at the blueprints they had looked at the designs for a repeating rifle they there they were already working on that when people go oh the second amendment that's not about they were talking about muskets they weren't talking about no they they pretty had a pretty good idea of uh of where everything was heading and so they did it so to the people of Iran, I wish we had fans in Iran. It would be fantastic if there was listeners well, in Iran. we'd have
1: to have the internet in Iran.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's off. It's, it's off.
1: off. They, they, oh, sh- they shut down the power button. Um, so, but yeah, thank you. And, and, and the, here's the other thing about the whole, the whole Iran thing that's totally taking me off. Mm-hmm. Today, the Sunday shows were debating the meaning of imminent. Really? Oh, my God, Adam Schiff. Like, Adam Schiff, I have a question. Did you ask what kind of imminent threat Osama bin Laden posed? Because the answer is none. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. That was pure retribution for 9-11, and he yes. was fine with it. Now we have a guy who coordinated attack on our, an attack on our base, led a, an attack on our embassy gets taken out because he was coordinating future attacks but they weren't going to happen in a couple days, so we shouldn't have taken them out. Are you kidding me?
0: Are you I'm, kidding I'm, me? I'm going to need to see information about the attacks that were to, to transpire in a couple of days. I I don't believe you'll have a hard time convincing me these were imminent attacks. This was an assa. It's yeah, it's horrible and it's pure politics and it's not about protecting uh, U.S. It's lives disgusting. or anything. It's gross. It. Do really- you remember?
1: One person on the right freaking out when we took out bin Laden? Not one. Not Not one. one. Most of us said that was probably the best thing Obama ever did.
0: Dig it. Dig it. And And now
1: we take out a guy who has a far larger stack of bodies, who mostly killed other Muslims, by the way. Yes. And this is so problematic, and we have to limit war powers and... He can't do anything without asking us. Are you kidding me? He's the commander in chief.
0: My only beef with uh, Obama and 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 that whole thing is that Obama made it sound like he did it. Like so, I so I killed I killed o- Osama bin Laden. No, dude, you didn't. Navy SEAL. You gave the order. You gave him the go ahead, mm-hmm. which uh, which uh, Uncle Joe Biden didn't want you to do. He said no. Don't do it. Uh, but that was my only beef with that. I remember people dancing in the st- dancing in the streets.
1: Oh my god, that felt great. And that was a after, wonderful evening. After re- the reaction of the Bernie Sanders, the Pete Buttigiegs, the Elizabeth Warrens, the Joe Bidens, why do you want any of these people in charge of our foreign policy? None.
0: You 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 really really don't. You really no. really don't. And you look at the you. This is. It's it's a lot, but like everything, and this kind of goes back to we've said it before on the show. I'm getting everything I want and more. Like mm-hmm. you know, you, you vote for Trump because like yeah, he's done this and this, but I'm going to get so much of what I want, and and it's just been uh, an embarrassment of riches. It's just been an embarrassment of riches. I really I, I don't I don't I don't want a Democrat in there for a while. We definitely need four more years of Trump.
1: Do you know who Frank Luntz is? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting tweet from Frank Luntz today that made me crack up. So, do you remember the breaking news yesterday that somebody asked Donald Trump what the J stood for, and he said genius?
0: <clears throat> oh, uh, was that, that was a joke, a joke. Frank
1: Luntz has been telling since Obama or since Trump was elected. Okay, he yeah. told it on the Ben Shapiro show. They quoted him in the news story, never called him, okay? Yeah. He quote tweets the story today. He said, oh, yeah, that's a joke I've been telling ever since he was elected. It never happened. Um, And, oh, by the way, it's going to be another fun five years. This guy is one of the most insightful and accurate polling people in the country, and he basically said in that tweet that he believes Trump is going to be reelected.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, And Frank Luntz is uh, not on the Trump train.
1: No, he is not. Not at all. He is
0: not on the Trump train. Not at all. I think – I really, really think uh, that that dude bought uh, real estate. He bought a house after Trump won. Yeah, he got a Mm – he did. He did what everybody else said they were gonna do. Right. But he did it for real. He's like, no, I don't think I'll go. I don't think I'll go Canada. I'll go New Zealand because he thought it was <laughs> the end of days. He thought it was the end of all things. And right. so, he's. I'm sure uh, Luntz was embarrassed, but good for him for tweeting out the truth. Uh, well, and, and tweeting really out the happened. truth
1: and saying what he actually thinks. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be another fun five years. But you guys, you can't sit back. You have got to go vote the democrats are already setting up you know a, a narrative about the election not being not being fair or not being okay and that means even in the in california people even in california even if you know it's going to go for the democrat you st- we need the popular vote this time we absolutely need it
0: that would be the sweetest of sweet desserts, if not Wouldn't only it now, was it the electoral college, but it was also the popular vote. I
1: want like a nineteen eighty four election.
0: Oh, me too. I, 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 yes, I want. I, I if want it's
1: Bernie. He can win Vermont and nothing else.
0: And I, I'm starting to think more and more it's going to be Bernie.
1: Oh, I'm gonna. I live in an open primary state. I'm going to pull the lever for him. What we need is a clear choice, a clear choice between free market economics and socialism and let the people vote. I don't want it to be Biden. I want it to be Bernie or Warren. America needs to speak.
0: I I, nothing would delight me more. I mean, I'm always I'm always always going to vote in Georgia. If
1: you're a Republican, we don't have to vote. In the Republican primary, go vote for Bernie.
0: Be a Bernie bro. Be a go. Bernie be a Bernie
1: bro. bro for a day. I have faith in you. You can do it. Even if it makes you know, you vomit a little bit in the back of your throat, it'll be all right.
0: I, th- I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think it would make me. I would. I would just feel. Uh, I'd feel naughty. I'd feel a little dirty. I'd feel like a kid looking at porn for the first time. <laughs> like who I voted for, Bernie. Do you honestly think
1: the left wouldn't do it? They absolutely would.
0: Oh, I think it's great. I think, it, uh, and I guarantee they have. I'm sure that people have, like, oh, oh here's who we want to go up against. I can vote. I would okay. Think
1: nothing more. Nothing more. Nothing more than a contested Democratic convention. Like Bernie and Biden so close, neck and neck, that they've got to bring in the super, super delegates to make sure that it's Biden and then all the Bernie supporters stay home
0: and and then what do you do if you are one of those super delegates like really that's that's really big damage to the party they've already they took it away from him the last time to deliver the presidency on a silver platter they thought to Hillary Clinton I don't think they can do it again they're really oh, I think boxed they into will though. yes well, because you have then, to look
1: at what you have to look at what's going on with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Here's another beautiful thing that nobody on the right is talking about. And we should all be celebrating this young woman. Okay. She's raised oodles of money. She won't pay her cut in to the DNC. And she's going around funding the primary candidates against incumbent Democrats. So now the Democrat Congressional Committee is going to have to spend all their money on primary races and we'll have nothing left for the general.
0: Yeah, that is... There's uh, a
1: hundred she, of them.
0: Yeah, she's got her own little uh, Viva la Revolution going on with, her, she little,
1: said, she with said, her little
0: French bulldog.
1: She said that she and Joe Biden in any other country wouldn't be in the same party, which is probably true. And then she called traditional Democrats the Democrats Tea Party, like she is more representative of the Democrat Party. She has a 21% approval rate nationwide. Ilhan Omar's is below 10. No, the country isn't with you. And when New York loses a congressional district and they blow up hers, I'm going to laugh my butt off.
0: I, I can't wait for that. And I can't wait to see what happens with uh, Ilhan Omar. That that woman and her, like, I have uh, PTSD, that is a classic. Like, oh, I want my cake, but I can eat it too. And I did it. So yeah. you're, you're, you. Oh, I got PTSD. I got PTSD because I'm a war. All right. So if these little events, if these events that will probably happen again when when you're in Congress are so traumatic, maybe you should step down. Maybe, maybe if it's, you if shouldn't it's,
1: be on the Foreign Affairs
0: Committee, <laughs> right? Every time she opens a file, my PTSD, my PTSD. Unless you're lying about your PTSD to get some attention from everyone, me. Is that that why she was was giggling
1: when Sheila Jackson Lee was speaking?
0: Yes, it's kind of like a mild Tourette's. That's how my PTSD manifests. It manifests by me turning my back to the camera and giggling. Uh, With Rashida Tlaib. Have you seen that video? Yep. Rashida Tlaib. I,
1: I personally think that Ilhan Omar is the best argument against never taking another refugee. Ever.
0: They don't want him. Didn't they just, didn't, is that something, am I, did I make that up? That like Minnesota just said, yeah, we don't want any more refugees.
1: Yes, so is Texas. We're not taking any. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, good for them. Good for them. Good and Georgia, for them.
1: Georgia's not on the list asking for anybody, so as long as we stay there, Mr. Kemp and I are just fine.
0: Yeah. I wonder if, and this is like, I don't even know how to, to dig into uh the numbers of it all cuz it's it is a, a bit of a cultural difference like you know when when the irish came over in a big wave or the italians came over in a big wave usually by that second or third generation you're just regular american like you've already you're you're embedded and and then your grandfather you is married
1: like, an italian or you married. i mean <laughs>
0: Yeah, but your your grandparents were like, you've forgotten the old school ways. We used to have a, you know, they, they make movies about this kind of thing, about, you know, why did you move to the suburbs? Uh, and I wonder if the same is true of, like, uh, the Somali uh, refugees. No, not you not. Really?
1: You, you have to. It doesn't making, feel like it's true. We're making the same mistake with these groups of people, okay, that Europe made, and we're putting them all in one area. They don't assimilate. You know, it's different if you are an individual immigrant and you come to this country. You have yeah. a far greater chance of assimilating into society than you do if you come in one of these groups of refugees because they settle them all together. They maintain their culture, they maintain their language, and they don't assimilate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And But I think you can make a case, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, you know, sometimes, you know, that's where you get, but isn't that where you get Little Italy? And isn't that where you get, like, Chinatown and Koreatown and all that stuff?
1: You did, but the whole goal in those people coming over was to assimilate to America.
0: And open tasty restaurants.
1: Open tasty restaurants, and they wanted, (laughs) I mean, they... They And I mean, if you look at the history of the Asian cultures and the European immigrants, they insisted their children do well in the school. They insisted they speak English. Yeah. They wanted them to be successful here. And you just you don't like with the number of people we've been trying to absorb from our southern border and then these people from other cultures. It's too much. It's too much.
0: We gotta we gotta pump the brakes. We gotta yep. pump the brakes and let we are we are a wonderful uh melting pot of other people, but we gotta give it time to melt. Right now we got big we got big chunks.
1: We got big chunks. Got big chunks of things going big chunks on. Chunks
0: of cheesy immigrants. Okay, I wanna I wanna talk about this very quickly as we go into the home home stretch, like the last couple of minutes. Uh but this is we'll, we'll probably have to revisit this next week. Okay. But uh, this just goes to my uh, my my frustration in terms of nothing. There's never any fallout. No one gets in trouble. Nothing ever happens. Are we? Am I? Is my is my righteous anger righteous, or am I just a moron? But like uh, they come back with this whole FISA abuse thing, and like, oh, these guys did this wrong, and he did that wrong, and uh, this guy 17. lied about this, and and the em- mistake. And the FBI is like, we're going to do a training video. That's how that's how we're going to solve this problem. Like, wait, Andy McCabe is not going to get into trouble. Like, no one's going to get into trouble. Uh, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, is anyone going to get in trouble? You got you got Michael Flynn going to jail. You got all these other people that are going up the river on flipping process crimes, but then you got and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but like Andy McCabe, uh telling people you know lies and you got Peter Strzok and, and Lisa Page and James Comey and uh and and everyone else and like I I don't see anyone getting into trouble.
1: I think well Several of them are no longer with their employer, which is, which is good, right? Um, but I think you have to wait for Durham to finish. If nothing happens then, then we can be righteously angry. But I think that guy, he's taking long enough that he's unraveling a whole lot. And John Brennan is nervous, and Comey is nervous, like visibly nervous, Right?
0: Yeah,
1: and he's the one that can actually bring charges.
0: How much the longer IG do you think? How much longer?
1: Them. And, and the, you have to remember, the IG took his whole report and handed it over to the DOJ as a recommendation. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, before I go, ab like I think what Christopher Ray is doing is stupid. A training video, really. You need to go. You need to go. Yes. He's been a very weak FBI director for the level of corruption that's been un- uncovered. But as far as holding people accountable, I'm content to, with Durham's history of being very nonpartisan, very by-the-book, and very diligent. I'm willing to wait for him before I get really pissed.
0: Uh, I hope so, and I don't know when that thing is going to be done, but this is a story that we are going to, uh, of course, follow up on. Because it's one of the things... That really, really, really drives me crazy. Oh. Uh, who was that? Who was that last Supreme Court guy? The the Boof dude? Oh, uh, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Like the people who lied. The people who lied about him. They need to go to jail. They have to get in trouble. If no one ever gets in trouble, then there's why stop? Why stop? Uh, and that's n- and that's not how this republic works. All right. Uh, have a great week. Things are uh, if you've been. I want to thank the Patreons. If you looked, we have a we have a whole new setup uh, for the YouTube channel, and that is in large large thanks to the to the Patreons and fans of the show. And that's all wonderful. And T-shirts are going out to people. It's all wonderful. And there's a couple of new contributors to. Uh, the Loftus some people who are uh, putting some fun stuff up there. So you're all welcome. Keep coming. Keep it coming. Sign in, log in, make an account, and you too can post fun, funny, uh, upbeat, optimistic, outrageous. I don't know. Well, let's have a good time. And, as I told my buddy Pete Hegseth today, uh, we're for smaller government, lower taxes, and more fun. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of some serious happiness. Gimlet, I will talk to you soon.